Hi listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Are you ready? <laughs> we we have talked the about the look on your face. Well, because I just looked at my first note and I flashed back already. We have talked about on this show how hilarious it is sometimes on this show that the theme song to the OC is so upbeat and peppy and that it mm-hmm. just shows up in the worst places sometimes. Mm-hmm. And this might be the most poorly placed moment for the theme song where it literally is like Sandy Cohen yelling at Ryan to get his life together before he gets expelled from school. And he's just like, it's literally the equivalency of him just being like, so ship up or ship out. That's the deal. It's such a serious, sad, dramatic moment for this jolly little piano to start playing out of fucking nowhere. But like at that time, right? Like you, you, we could do that. Fucking, uh, who was the worst offender? Uh, CSI Miami. Yeah. <laughs> yeah! <laughs> yeah. Like at least. So think about it like this, because I'm gonna go with Scrubs, one of my favorite shows of all time. They have a very jolly theme song. There was really dark, serious moments on Scrubs too. Mm-hmm. But they really tried to make sure that there was always a joke that led into that theme song. Yeah. It was never like, I'm sorry to report that you've got cancer. I can't do this song. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like, 
It was like they would, even if it was something. I'm sorry, sir. Serious. She had a stroke. I can't do this all on my own. No, I yeah, know. They always, even if it was a super serious episode, they would find at least one joke to get you to that theme song before they got back to the seriousness. Um, but at this point in time, Ryan snapped. He beat the shit out of Oliver. Uh, and now he could potentially be expelled. Seth and Marissa are both being so fucking unreasonable right now. Like Summer kind of believes Ryan. Luke is like ride or fucking die with Ryan right now. Even Sandy and Kirsten, like Sandy and Kirsten are upset with the way in which Ryan went about things, but they never act like he's incorrect about having his doubts about Oliver. Yes. Like Seth and Marissa are just like, I don't understand what he's got a problem with, with Oliver. It's like, have you not seen the last four episodes? Yeah. <laughs> don't you have fucking eyes? Can't you, be, <laughs> can't you perceive reality? Like at all. It is insane. It is so fucking chaotic and insane to me. And it makes me so upset. And the moment I want to tell you the moment that I realized that I had fully gone from, I hate Luke to, I love Luke. Mm-hmm. is in the moment where him, Oliver, Marissa, they're sitting at the table, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And Oliver's trying to like get her to go to Mammoth. He's trying to get her to go to Mammoth. The phone rings and it's Ryan. And Luke's like, hey, aren't you going to answer it? And then <laughs> Oliver's like, she's not talking to Ryan right now. And he goes, well, is she talking to me? Because that's who I'm talking to right now. <laughs> like, Like he has like some sassy ass line where he's like, Motherfucker, stop talking for her. <laughs> like stop. that's that gay dad sass. Yeah, right there. that's <laughs> like it is. It is like as soon as that happened, I'm like, man, I love Luke. I can't believe it. Like mm-hmm. I, I slowly been growing to love Luke. Now Luke is not without his faults here, and we'll get there. We'll actually, I'm not even going to blame Luke for what happens with Luke later on in this episode. But I, I already sense that there's going to be some new... I asked last week what could possibly be the new drama after Oliver. I think we get a very good hint of what the you new... Got, you got a definitive answer. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll save that. We'll, save, we'll try to stay somewhat on track. The Luke piece will... I feel like we could actually end on the Luke moment because it's it's very small. It's very brief. It doesn't play into the bigger plot of this episode, but it, mm-hmm. it gets us there. I would say the two main plot lines that we have in this episode is obviously the Ryan, Oliver, Marissa thing and everything that's Mm -hmm. coming from that. And Mm -hmm. Seth just continuing to not appreciate what he has with Anna because he is not over summer. Yep. And this is again, you know, at the time that we're recording this, we're in the middle of love is blind uh, season on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that happens on Love is Blind, and now there's a podcast hosted by two former contestants of Love is Blind called Out of the Pods, where they're giving their insight on this season of Love is Blind from their perspective of having to deal with producers and whatnot. And they they both said, if you don't end up with your first choice, everything from that point on is a farce. Mm-hmm. And their point being like the few couples... The few couples who have made it down the altar have said yes and have stayed married for a significant amount of time 
were people that like day one or two, they had a connection with a person in those pods and they just kept pursuing that connection and didn't look back. They were, they were fixated. The people who don't work out are the people who are juggling three or four girls or guys that they could be interested in. And if this person gets engaged, then I'll focus my energies on this Mm -hmm. person. And then what happens time and time again, I'm not sure if you've ever watched any of love is blind, but if you have, uh, they get out of the pods, they get to meet and see what everybody else looks like. And then oopsie poopsie, the person that (laughs) they ended up not going with, they're like, Oh, she is pretty attractive. Oh no, maybe I have feelings for that person too. And then everything is built on a house of sand instead of a house of brick. (laughs) And okay, come on, scripture. (laughs) Yeah, like so Seth is just like my heart literally breaks the scene Mm -hmm. where Anna is talking to Sandy in the kitchen and she's just like, did you read comic books when you were a kid? And he's like, yeah, but not like Seth. And she goes, does he not? realize how rare it is to find someone who's a comic book person on his level and who like likes those bands and likes sailing. She's like, cause I spent my whole life thinking I was the only one until I met him. And Mm. like, it literally breaks my heart because yes, last week we had the conversation of like, do you want to date a person who's exactly like you? And we both Mm -hmm. landed on no, but when you're in fucking high school, yes, (laughs) You absolutely well, want to date someone who's almost exactly like you. That is what high schoolers do. <laughs> that is what... I mean, uh, I, I, different experience because, you know, I uh, uh, it didn't work out between me and my girlfriend in high school because we had one very specific thing in common. <laughs> um, but <laughs> to that what point. What was that, Joe? <laughs> do you both like well... comedies? <laughs> Hold on, hold on. As the kids say, and this is only for the tick, this will be for TikTok. As the kids say, well, (laughs) uh, the thing about Anna, right, is that like the people, there are people who want to date people who like the things that they like, right? Like, and and the heartbreaking part of it is like, I thought I was the only one, right? Like, I thought I was the only one. And maybe she grows out of it. Who knows? I mean, like I've definitely seen, I've definitely seen gay couples where they look like brothers. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they maybe like that's what she wants. Comedy bros. Uh... <laughs> Not as put together. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's just, it's one of those things where it's just like, ah, maybe, maybe no, maybe yes. But no, in this, I still stand by it. Like, I do not want to be with someone who is exactly like me. I I, I need to be the only me. Yeah. I cannot. But this is another episode. This is, I mean, this might be the prime episode where I'm just like, fucking yes, Daddy Cohen. Like, he is just dropping facts and good advice and being an all-around perfect father throughout this entire episode. And the scene Mm -hmm. where, like, He's alone with there's two scenes back to back in this where he's alone with Seth. And the first one where he just straight up hits Seth in the back of the head and is just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, he's like, no. you're flirting with another girl in front of your girlfriend. He's like, ah, it's not flirting. I'm trying to teach Summer about comic books or whatever. And then there's the second time where he calls him out and he's just like, you are breaking this girl's heart. Like you are you aren't. He's like, I didn't say anything to Annie. He's like, that's the fucking point. Like, yeah. like you you have your girlfriend on the couch and you're sitting next to a person who's supposed to just be your friend that you're 
totally platonic with and your girlfriend has ceased to exist in front of you like and that like whether whether it, it no longer becomes a case of oh you shouldn't or sh- you should or shouldn't date someone who's exactly like you it comes down to the common decency of when you should know to pull the fucking rip cord and get out of a bad relation or get out it's not even a bad relationship get out of a relationship where you're not in love yeah because he's mm-hmm. clearly not like mm-hmm. and you're bringing down a girl who i have a, i have said it before i have a friend who absolutely hates anna and i don't understand why like i can understand being like oh that was a pointless story like clearly summer is endgame but, like anna has said and mm-hmm. done nothing to make me go oh what a bitch you know what i mean like she just yeah. seems like a genuinely sweet person of almost every character on the show she's probably the only one that i maybe ryan to a certain extent but she's probably one of the only ones where i'd be like yeah i would be friends with that person like she's also had every opportunity to be a bitch back, you know, like a million times. But, she is. Yeah, she is. To quote last week's episode, embrace the friend more than any other person has done on this entire mm-hmm. series. Like mm-hmm. and she has more reason to not want to embrace that friend, because while all the other things are theoretical, like she physically knows that Summer and Seth have kissed and that she has dated Seth mm-hmm. simultaneously with Summer, like she has more of a reason to be jealous and petty and chooses to not be jealous and petty and try to take the higher ground until it's thrown in her fucking face that Seth has not moved on one mm-hmm. bit from from Summer. And it is. It's really difficult to watch. And I don't hate Summer in this situation. I only really hate Seth in this scenario. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah it's it's insane. But that's kind of their whole thing. Right. They're just they're having like a weird sleepover watching the Batman animated series and reading comic books mm-hmm. together. And that's it It ends with I'm assuming I don't know if she's gone for good, but definitely it seems like the relationship is officially done, buried. There is no longer a Seth and Anna. It is just Seth, the single Cohen until he dates Summer at this point. Yeah. Now, yeah, we're uh, yeah, there will be there will be a satisfying thing in the future with Anna but yeah she needs to find happiness she deserves it not the actress yeah. but <laughs> but the character no no the character yeah, yeah. I'll always clarify that just because you yeah. know I need to so let's jump to the Ryan Oliver of it all so Ryan leaves a voicemail for Marissa and says hey I really need to talk to you let's meet at the library as soon as Oliver has an opportunity takes the phone listens to the voicemail deletes the voicemail so that Marissa doesn't get it and then shows up in the library and they have this very like vague book chat about everything, yeah. mm-hmm. um, which I actually wrote down that the scene in the library feels like it would fit into a scream movie. Like, like it's just like, <laughs> it's just like, it's like, I don't know. You're, I don't know for sure that you're a villain, but I've got a pretty good idea. And you're talking in like weird code that I don't like or appreciate. Um, but again, mm-hmm. like, it is called into question. Seth even says it like is coming to the school while you're up for expulsion. The best plan, Ryan Atwood, because I'm leaning towards probably not like. Yeah, like Seth. Also, you the, live right next to her. You live like, next to her. Exactly. Like Seth has been the bearer of bad advice most of the last couple episodes. But like the you probably shouldn't do this here is the only piece of legitimate good advice that he's given him right now. <laughs> like, don't do this. And Sandy. Same thing. He's like, I don't care that you dislike Oliver. 
Like you mm-hmm. might be mm-hmm. very right to dislike Oliver, but you know that if you have, if you get in trouble, we can't do shit to help you. And that's yeah. where I'm angry that you didn't come to me and be like, this is what's happening. I need to know what to do. And we'll get, we'll get there. Cause that builds to something fucking beautiful. Like, yeah. like literally like said, I literally yelled fuck yes at one point while watching this. Um, but the Luke and Ryan bromance over their mutual distrust and, and of Oliver is like mm-hmm. so great. Like mm-hmm. Luke, Luke and Seth watch as Oliver convinces Marissa to skip school. And Luke is like, maybe Ryan's right. Like maybe Ryan is right. That Natalie doesn't exist. Like I have friends that go to that school I'm going to do some research and like him showing up. He is showing up. Think about it through this lens. He's showing up at the house of the dude who basically stole his girlfriend. Now Luke caused that relationship to end like that. There is a very clear distinction between like actually stealing. Oliver is legitimately stealing a girlfriend. He is manipulating a situation to his benefit to make sure that that situation Mm -hmm. ends. Ryan the timing may not have been great, but he showed no. up while Luke was fucking around and finding out and causing yeah. <laughs> and causing Marissa to suddenly become a, a eligible single woman for the charming new tough guy from from the bad side of the tracks to show up like he he does the deep dive. He's like, Natalie doesn't fucking exist like she is not a person at that school. And this is the moment where Luke slowly becomes my favorite character and Marissa is slowly becoming my least favorite because, <laughs> because Ryan maybe foolishly goes next door where he should have gone the first time he needed to talk yeah. to Marissa and is like, look, Natalie doesn't exist. And Marissa is totally irrational, not even remotely willing to take in any of this information. Freaks out, then yells at him for telling her mom, you should keep an eye out on this Oliver dude. Like, also, no. Julie Cooper, 1,000%, if someone's giving you that information, you probably shouldn't say your source. <laughs> like, yeah. You should be like, well, Ryan told me. <laughs> like, Well, she's also, like, I mean, she is Julie Cooper, right? So she's also the person who is just going to, like, throw Ryan under the bus, no matter, like, because it, it's going to drive a wedge between them, no matter what. So masterful play on that, Julie Cooper. Yeah. So that pisses off Marissa. Marissa goes to Oliver's house. Mm-hmm. You mean the penthouse of this fucking hotel? The penthouse of this hotel. The next 15 minutes is fucking chaos. So, yeah. so Marissa goes downstairs to see if her bags have shown up because she's asked Luke to go pick up her things and bring it to the hotel. More on that later. We'll put a pin, <laughs> we'll put a pin there for a second. She goes down, notices that the woman running the front desk's name is Natalie. And your last name wouldn't happen to be Bishop, is it? <laughs> yeah. The the I mean, good for her for finally jumping to the conclusion, but like no. all round bad call. Like that's you couldn't come up with a fake girlfriend name, so you just used the woman who runs the front desk at the hotel as if that wouldn't ever in a million years possibly come back up like yeah also like hold on pause like marissa really is living in her own fucking world right because 
she has she ever seen a picture of Natalie? Has she like like you know? I get it. You're well, living in a hotel. They said, but like, like, have any of you ever met or spoken to her or seen yeah. a photo of her? Like, like what situation where you've been friends with someone? If I was friends with you and I are friends. If I said, "Hey, I started seeing somebody," one of the first things you're going to be is like, "Ooh, can I see a picture?" What like like yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> like that's just natural. We're millennials who grew up in the age of catfish. Like, <laughs> yeah, like yes, insane. I'm like, oh, cool. Let's see a photo. Oh, look at that. Oh, she is cute. And sometimes it's like voyeuristic. You're like, let me see what this bitch looks like. <laughs> but then other times it's just legitimate. Like, I want to see. I care about you and would love to know what this person whom you care about looks mm -hmm. like, because if things work out well, they will be part of my friend circle. Also one of mm -hmm. these days, like mm -hmm. that's the, other, the second that like this girlfriend's never fucking around and always has a reason to not be there. My, like my red flags are already like starting to go up. This confirms to Marissa. Oh no. Ryan has been right the whole time. So she shows up, yeah. she tries to play it cool by not playing it cool whatsoever and just calling no. out the Natalie thing immediately to Oliver's face, to which Oliver goes full freakout mode. Starts like hitting himself and like I know. Like my favorite my favorite thing in any movie TV show is when you want to show mental instability and they start hitting their face and head, right? It's yeah. like stupid, stupid. Yeah, it's no, like that is so not it. But what but yeah. again, it actually <laughs> yeah. ties back to my previous statement because Oliver goes full fucking Billy and Stew <laughs> in the third act of Scream, where he's just like <laughs> lost his mind and is screaming nonsense. So he goes to the other room. She quickly calls Ryan to be like, please come and get me. Mm -hmm. I'm scared. She's not really whispering because Oliver can hear it from wherever he's at and immediately gets a gun. No, he comes out with the gun. Yeah, like, he so comes he out with left. the gun, but he says that he heard her. Like, he's like, I heard you on the phone with him. So but, I like, got he the gun left for me. And then came back leave, with it. Yes, uh, that's what yeah. I mean. But he like, so he's planning to kill himself potentially in front of Marissa, which is so yeah. fucked up. It's giving Patch Adams. Yes. You know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and this is the moment where I screamed, fuck yes, is Ryan's got the keys. He's about to go out the door, and Sandy mm -hmm. Cohen's like, give me the keys. Give me the goddamn keys. And Ryan's like, he's like, I told you I'd help you if you listen to me. Will you give me the keys? And he gives him the keys. He's like, I'll drive you. And it's like, fuck yes, Sandy Cohen, you go in there like two fucking baller ass, like yeah. fucking detective and partner rolling into yeah. this shit, like Batman and Robin kicking in the door yeah. to save Marissa. Um, which again, like, duh, Ryan, like, do you think that you would have gotten anywhere near that hotel room if it was just you asking information? Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. Seth Cohen's walking in there. He's got credentials as a lawyer. He's got like, like, you know what I mean? It's like, it's something he can establish himself as somebody to get them in there. So they get up there, they knock on the door and like Oliver's like, Oh, I'm out of the shower. I'm naked. And it's like, Oh, I guess we're done. Like, he seems like he's fine. And that's when. Ryan freaks out, starts banging on the door. Marissa yells that he's got a gun, and they mm -hmm. very quickly get in there. They dissolve the mm -hmm. situation. Ryan somehow dissolves the situation. I absolutely hate this scene. I hate the dialogue in this scene. It's so stupid. There's no world, in, there's no moment in this world that you can convince me that Ryan Atwood is going to be the person to talk down Oliver from a situation. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. 
He's the one who's been wanting to like rip his fucking guts out. He punched him. Ac- he did the Atwood thing, right? He punched him across the face. Yeah, yeah, it's a it, whole thing. Also, it, can we talk? Can we talk for a minute about the gun itself? I like, was so ready for that thing to just go off at any moment. It's a, it's a. He's just waving around all loose. He's waving it around. Gun <laughs> safety. He obviously has never taken a gun safety course because like his hand is like in the thing and yeah. like. Here's the thing. I mean, we are living in we're living in a post rust yes. age, you know, age, right? Where it's like you really need to be you do really need to be aware of like what's happening with your arms on and armory and on a set. But like this like Walther PPK, like James Bond gun fucking thing. And he's just like his hand is in the his fingers in the trigger. He's like, you know. Scratching his he's head. Scratching with his it. head. He's scratching his head with a gun. <laughs> also, too, like, I don't care how fucking fancy your hotel is. I don't think I have ever been to a hotel where I saw security and they were fucking armed. Yeah. Like, I don't think I've ever been to a hotel. Like, no. these hotel security guards in like the suits and the red ties, like, they're like they have guns drawn on him and i'm like where are you staying yeah like that is that was another thing i'm like maybe you know call police as backup hey i think something serious is happening but there ain't Mm -hmm. no fucking way hotel security's rolling in there packing Right, ready to go. Also, if this was fucking HBO, he would have shot himself right like, in the he head. Oh my god, I was sh- waiting for yeah. it. I, I was yeah. like, oh, he's gonna do it. He's gonna put the gun in his mouth before we know it. Gunshot. It's gonna be horrific. And then I'm like, oh wait, it's fucking Fox at eight in the afternoon or whatever. Like <laughs> they ain't gonna show that shit. Um, but there's one thing we got to talk about. It's a small little scene, but Luke goes over to get the clothes. Mm-hmm. A recently dumped by Caleb. Well, recently well, dumped by Kirsten on behalf of Caleb. Julie I Cooper know. is in there. First of all, Caleb with his fucking like. Anytime he says Kiki, like the chills, Kiki or Juju, the chills up my fucking spine. Yeah, like he's not calling Haley Hey Hey. Like no. you know, like <laughs> it's no, just, it's bad. This Kiki, this Juju bullshit. I'm like, no, it's the chills up my spine. My butthole clenches. Like I cannot stand it. I cannot stand it. Well, let's just say that Julie Cooper learned a thing or two from Caleb, and what she learned was that it's totally all right to date someone way too young for you, um, because she goes <laughs> in and gives Luke a big ass kiss, and I just about lost my goddamn mind because. You and I have both agreed the worst mm-hmm. episode so far has been the girlfriend. Yeah. And now we're going to dabble into this. This is where we're going next with this shit. Uh, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> Wait, have you watched beyond this? No. I- oh, girl. Oh, man, is Luke going to fuck Julie Cooper next week? Is that his... <laughs> my, na- my nails are painted and it's looking like we need to look at the calendar so that way we can schedule it so you can watch it because girl, let me tell you. <laughs> I am I'm ready to be disgusted, I guess. But uh... <laughs> <laughs> well, like fully, fully because what we don't really know what what age Luke is, right? He, well, he's presumably... You know what I can guess? He's a high schooler. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> so unless he's particularly stupid, he's 18 or younger. And Julie yes. Cooper is the age of a mother who has an 18 year old or younger. Yes. <laughs> so a mother of his ex-girlfriend. His ex-girlfriend. Yeah. Oh my god. It's like I cannot believe what I'm seeing. I would be more accepting of Julie Cooper kissing Ryan than I am her kissing Luke. 
both fucking gross and disgusting, but at least one hasn't been established as bidding your house. This is like some straight up Stacy's mom shit happening right now. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. my God. It's so, but like, ugh. Ugh. like Stacy's mom with a little bit of like the, like the, the like full swelling score of 50 shades of gray. Right. Like, yeah, it's not great. It's with like slight elements of the graduate. Like, it's just like, none of it is good. None of it is good. There's some Stifler's mom shit happening here. Um, and also like, I don't think I'm in love with the reason why Julie gets fired. Like, mm-hmm. it's like what you gave her job and then she actually took the job seriously. <laughs> like at the end of the day, that's what happened. I hate to say yeah. it, but like Caleb, you gave her a position, you gave her free reign. She started doing things with the position in free reign. Like, there's a yeah. million and one reasons to dump Julie Cooper. Her actually doing her job is not should not be should not be the final yeah. straw. Like, well, I mean, she also like is actually good at it. That's yeah. the other. <laughs> yeah, she's qualified. <laughs> Think about it. Yeah, like if she did a bit like. You can't like have her lose you a bunch of money or some shit. Like she woke, yeah. she showed up at the house early after reading the EPA reports and wanting to go over them with Kirsten. Like, not a bad mm-hmm. situation. Like, I get that. Like, yeah. there's some weirdness between Kirsten and Julie. I get it. But at the same time, I think Kirsten could benefit from someone who's actually doing research before work and giving a shit about their findings. Yeah. Also, like, what? <laughs> I hate to say this about my girl, right? But like, what have we actually seen Kirsten work? We've seen her have lunch. <laughs> We've seen her like burn down a head. Gest- gesture in a kitchen and <laughs> presumably have made food. Like, which also like what happened to their housekeeper? <laughs> I told you, Ryan showed up and that's how he gets allowance. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he, this is this is the fan theory on Reddit, right? Yeah. Ryan is actually their indentured servant. Yes, one hundred percent. Like it's that's the only thing that makes sense because you're right. Literally, from the second Ryan has moved into that house, the housekeeper has ceased to exist in that home. <laughs> the housekeeper is now living in the house that's abandoned yeah. in Gino. Yeah, it is so good for her. Yeah, she's moving on up. Um, yeah, yeah. This is. This was this was a hell of an episode. I I was texting a friend and they were possibly going to come over to watch the episode with me. And they're like, what episode? And I said, the truth, episode 18 of season one. And they just wrote in all caps. Ooh, that's a good one. So here we are. The the new standings. Love Luke. Hate Marissa. We have like a we have like three more seasons left in this season. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. There's there's nine episodes left. They could be off to college before I know it. But the White Lotus seasons one and two fit into the first half of this season. <laughs> yeah, it is insane. This is insane. But I also get why people got burnt out by the time they were rolling into like season three, because this is a this is too yeah. much. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like credit where credit's due. People may complain about boring episodes of shows like Breaking Bad or Game of Thrones, but like mm-hmm. Sometimes you need a breather episode that nothing big happens in. Yeah. Because this Sometimes is... you need like, you know, two meth cooks trying to kill a fly in a lab. 100%. Like sometimes after you've just watched a lot of people fucking die, one of my favorite episodes of Game of Thrones and I think that this is actually a pretty well-liked episode is in the last season, it's the episode right before the giant war against the White Walkers where it's literally oh, just where they're... 
It's yeah. just like people sitting around a fire talking. Like it's like it's yeah. such a low key, low energy episode for the most part. Like there's that mm -hmm. the overlying sense of dread that the war could start at any minute. But it's like such a nice breather before you get Wait, to this that... hour and 15 minute long war scene the next week. Like isn't it... that also the the episode where Jamie and Brienne like fuck? Is that is that right? No, 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 no. This is the episode where they knight Brienne. Oh yes, they make her a knight of men, right? The yeah. knight of the seven realms or whatever, yeah, seven they, kingdoms. They knight her. No, uh Arya loses her virginity in that episode. Oh, that's right. Yeah. To Gendry? Yeah. No. Or yeah, whoever Gendry, it is. Right? Like the the like the squire, basically. Uh, Podrick? Podrick, yes. I think wait, maybe I can't remember. Man, it's not a no, it's I revisit. Gendry. Yeah, it's Gendry. It is Gendry. Because Podrick's the one with a huge cock. So Yes, yeah, everybody no. wants to fuck Podry. Um no. But yeah, I was like, I love that episode. Nothing really happens in it. Like things happen, but like not what you tune into Game of Thrones for. Like it's and well, because they're I think edging that's you, right? Killing like, me right now. Yeah, sometimes yeah. edging is a good thing. I was gonna, it's like, hi, listeners. I'm Carolina, and I'm Tessa, and together we are Fem Regard Podcast. Mm, Fem. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order. Covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm. Available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? Hi, friends. The world got you down. Don't be sad. Listen to $2 Late Fee with Zach and Dustin. $2 Late Fee is the podcast that celebrates the best decade of entertainment, the 1980s. We pick a movie and soundtrack from our youth that we loved and see if it holds up today. We also interview your favorite celebrities from that era. All in the spirit of positivity and togetherness. Check us out at $2LateFee.com. Speaking of edging, it's the name of the newest Blink-182 song that's on the chart. So let's talk about music. Um, so <laughs> th this might be, I can't speak for you, Joe, but I feel like this is the easiest one hey. we've ever had to do because there's only four songs in this episode. But for a while, I literally thought that I was going to just see that it was the same song written four times because it shows up so <laughs> many goddamn times in this episode. So we've got 
the eels love of the loveless which plays multiple mm-hmm. times when ryan's alone in his room um mm-hmm. i am clute with three foot tall which plays when everyone is talking about ryan at the school lounge um mm-hmm. as a ray's new resolution plays when seth and luke watch oliver and marissa walk off and decide to find out more about natalie and then uh turn in breaks self-help plays as Seth and uh, Ryan talk in the pool house about the Oliver situation. I mean, I think you agree with me on that. It's got to be the eels song that we heard three times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because like when you have this motif, right? Like you just, it, you're really driving it home and they wouldn't have done that, you know, every single time. It's like when it's like in, um, uh, in like the first two Chris Mika episodes, like in seasons one and then season two, they use the same like maybe this Christmas will mean something more. Like <laughs> it, it is effective for what it's trying. Yeah, to do. no, there, it, there is a, there is a good thing in repetition. I actually, I'm a huge fan of Eels, and I, I was like, ooh, maybe mm-hmm. they'll do like different songs, but nope, they, they only paid for the one. They just played the one a couple mm-hmm. different times. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love, love of the loveless, fine song, really yeah. fits the scenes. Um, but yeah, that was. The easiest, the second, the by the time I heard it three times, I'm like, yeah, okay, we know what this, mm-hmm. we know what's winning this one this week. Let's talk pop culture real quick. What what pop culture, anything have you been experiencing, taken in, been in the discussion of? Uh, you know what, my dear Matt, I'm gonna say something that is completely, completely uncharacteristic of me. Your pop culture, and now? you will see soon. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm <laughs> all about the pop culture. My pop culture thing, and it's a big deal for the city of San Diego, is that the San Diego State Aztecs have made it to the Final Four for March Madness, the NCAA basketball, men's basketball, for the first time in the program's history. Who are you and what uh, did you do with my co-host? Um, <laughs> I am a replicant. This is. I uh, just want you to know. Uh but yeah, this is this is a huge deal, and I've not been following, and I will not follow because my my superstition is typically that if I follow a game, if I watch a game that everyone's really looking forward to watching, and it goes badly, it's your fault. <laughs> it's my fault. So I will promise to not watch. But I will say that it is a huge thing because, like, this city is like I've been living here since two thousand four. I've lived here over ha- more than half my life, like. The last few years, like with about sports, like it's been it's been amazing. Like with the pod with the Padres last year, we have like we're having a real soccer culture. Like we're becoming kind of like like I I think we're on track to be kind of like the women's club ver the women's soccer version of the Portland Timbers. Okay, which if you know, like I don't, I think you. (laughs) Well, like the Portland Timbers, there's a huge culture around like going to a timber like soccer city usa is like what they call portland because it was one of the first adopters of professional soccer but we're having such a renaissance and the story and the the human drama of san diego state making it is amazing winning by one point in the elite eight to make it to the final four they were on track to make it into march madness in 2020 and then their hopes were dashed because you know the coronavirus and so now that we're back again like fucking uh Sarah Jacobs, our congresswoman, like who represents the district, like said it openly on the House floor. Like it's 
it's a big deal for this city. And I think that people are really excited. I'm excited for them as someone who likes sports movies more yeah. than actual right, sports. Dude, I can talk at length about how much Ted Lasso affects me emotionally. Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. couldn't even tell you a rule in soccer. Yeah. <laughs> I know that like it's uh, 90 minutes and someone, it may end in a tie. <laughs> um, I, I know that the band Yellow Card got their name from soccer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, so Mayan is going to be very brief because it's, so I've, this was a while ago, obviously. I've been writing down all of the pop culture moments as as they happen in real time and then just put mm-hmm. them in my episodes in order. So, like, sure. this might have been, like, four months ago at this point. Um, but I finally watched the final season of uh, Dead to Me, which was mm-hmm. a show that I had lukewarm feelings of throughout most of its run. Um, mm-hmm. I thought that sometimes it was really great. Other times I thought it was just fine. But I think that the finale, similar to another show that I controversially think that the final episode is greater than the overall ride it took to get there, uh, Six Feet Under, I think that Dead Like Me has a phenomenal final episode. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it justifies all three seasons existing, but it is a beautiful, (laughs) it's a beautiful conclusion. And like I said, I feel this. I think that if you ask me what the greatest finale of any TV show ever is, I would say six feet under, but I don't know if you, if it's, I don't know if that ending justifies all six seasons of that show. I think that that show has really high highs, but it also has some pretty low lows. And I think that it drags at points. Like I, I've watched six feet under from front to back multiple times, but it's definitely a show that, at the end of the day, what I'm watching it for is to get to the satisfaction of how beautiful the ending is. And that's Mm -hmm. how I felt about dead. Like me was man. The ending is so satisfying. So, so I guess my pop culture moment is a show having a truly satisfying conclusion. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. All right. Well, the truth is out about Oliver. Hold on. And that's a series wrap on Oliver, Yay! but not on Anna. Not on Anna yet. Okay, so but, we'll find yeah, out if Anna, Anna. We'll find out if next week is a series wrap on Anna. We'll find out if Julie Cooper fucks Luke next week. There's a whole bunch of stuff. You that, don't think they fucked? You don't think they fucked? I don't know. They kissed, and then he. I guess he did never show up at the hotel with her bags. So <laughs> maybe next week's episode starts with them in bed post coital. Um, yeah, I mean, like, where was Caitlin with China? Like. <laughs> With Jimmy I, probably at the Balboa. Every time that she comes up. up is the only time I remember that Marissa has a sister. That sister has not been shown on camera for months. But yes, we will we will see what happens next at Newport Beach here on White People Problems. Listeners, I'm Carolina. And I'm Tessa. And together we are Femme Regard Podcast. Mmm, Femme. We are a show dedicated to educating and entertaining underdeveloped filmmakers and film enthusiasts alike. We love sharing our experiences as filmmakers, what we've learned and what we've gone through. And we love bringing on professional industry guests. 
We want our listeners to learn from the best and get an honest account of the biz. So come join the FemFam and give us a listen every Friday. Streaming on all the major podcast platforms, including YouTube and our website, femregard.com. And of course, the Geekscape Network. Put down that smartphone and listen to me. I'm Matthew Milligan, professional musician and lifelong Weird Al fan. Each week, I'm joined by professional podcaster and close personal friend Matt Kelly to take a dive off the deep end into the vast career of pop culture icon Weird Al Yankovic on our show, Weird Algorithm. Along with some very special guests from the worlds of music and comedy, we tackle every song, every television appearance, and every bit of sketch comedy Al has produced in chronological order, covering the good old days of My Bologna and Eat It, the fun zone of tacky and white and nerdy, and everything in between. As we go, we're ranking the songs, albums, and music videos in the hopes of creating the ultimate guide to a career bigger than the biggest ball of twine in Minnesota. So the next time you're having one of those days stuck in a traffic jam wondering why does this always happen to me, just kick off your sneakers and stick around for a while because we've got it all on Weird Algorithm, available wherever you get your podcasts. And now you know. Was that enough references? You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 